0: So that's my uh, alter ego, Miss Josephine Electric, and the song Mr. Bad Fups. So, we're into that dominatrix groove and that fetish bondage move. So, this song, as you can hear, is a uh, dissonance at its best. We're using no, we're not using any samples, we're not using any Fruity Loops, this is all big and bad analog. One of the things we've gotten into lately is um, using the grandmother from Moog to really rip it up. Uh, and what you can do is the grandmother allows you to uh, use a, a kind of a random voltage generator called a sample and hold. You can also use FM uh, synthesis on an analog synth. And some of the kind of craziness you have going on there is um, some random voltage. And this, this track, we actually did six um, overdubs, actually three stereo tracks, where we initially put down a Moog DFAM, which is an analog drum machine from Moog. Created a, a really nice beat. Um, what we like to do with the with the Dfam is it has a limitation; it can only do eight steps. So we record it live into a Zoom R24 after going through a, an MX one performance mixer. And then what we do is we we play the filter like they say on um, on uh, on on a lot of those uh, <laughs> YouTube channels out there, um, it's like Sonic Sonic. Um, you know what I mean, but um. So so Nick Bat, you know we're we're doing a little reference to Nick Bat. So so what we like to do is we live record it and then we play the filter, which means we full fool around with an FM synthesis. We fool around with the ladder filter. We play with uh, which oscillators we're going to use. You use there's a two oscillators synth on the DFAM. You kind of go switching between one or two or both of them you can play with like the filter you can play with the resonance so we do a lot of that we play with the uh the delay we we just use use the all the surface controls to alter the beat and you can significantly alter the beat with all those controls even though they're eight steps so you can get a nice varied beat uh you can give yourself a little section that we can equate to a to a break or you know rest or just a totally different beat. You get into this like a staccato type of drop. So we pulled that through, and then we did a lead bass and um, lead um, synth sound on the on the on the grandmother, using the pitch bend and the modulation wheel. Uh, then we also did a, another track where we actually put in um, a sample and hold kind of blip and bop kind of randomized uh, thing going on that you can hear. And then we did the vocal using Roland VT-3 vocal transformer, which lately we've been doing because we like using the scatter, which they didn't put on the VT-4, which I don't know why, um, because the scatter is, is, is a lot of what we do is the fact that the Roland scatter on the VT-3 allows you to do, add a little more heft to your voice. it's kind of a delay. It's got some kind of randomization effects. depends on how close you are to the mic or how strong you sing, how loud you sing, how soft you sing, the closeness to the mic or the further, how far you are from the mic, and you can get different um, different effects. And we've learned um, through our kind of stream of consciousness vocals uh, to use it. And and it, it, you know if you continue to sing in a in with the notes and the, and the vo- vocals kind of close together, you know, allow you to kind of do that without over playing the effect. And if you space the, the sounds out, then you can get the kind of doubling or the echoes. And so we kind of use that to kind of like give a little break and then we'll have a, a little echo to it when we want it to have an echo. Plus you can control it real time since we're recording live. So a lot of our stuff sounds different than most electronic music, We've pretty much recorded live from the hardware sense, And then have this this idea of doing like a freeform kind of fusion or jam band style recording. And uh, student this lyrics is like core to what we do. And uh, sometimes we, most of our songs are a second, third take, sometimes first take um, because of this style of recording. Sometimes we'll go back and cut a song up and move things around. If we feel that we actually got the hook later in the song and then we refine it, we'll go back and, and redo it. Sometimes we'll be a little bit too much <laughs> where Josie gets a little too, too sexual or too uh, vitriol in her angst and anger for certain folks. Uh, and then we'll, we'll adjust it to make it more uh, plowable to everybody The other song it's playing right now is Love Is Not For Punks. Now, this song is not to go against the punk aesthetic or, you know, grunge or underground music. This is talking about a punk um, in terms of uh, the MAGA rioters on the 6th of January. And we have no love for those punks. We have a lot of love for, you know, the punks that we appreciate. Bands like Joy Division, uh, Sex Pistols, the Ramones, Who's Could Do, The Replacements, uh, that type of feel. And the punk aesthetic, we feel, is um, you know, kind of that CBGB vibe of, of, of going out there and not trying to be pitch perfect, not trying to be sonically perfect, not trying to do what Yes and Genesis and Pink Floyd did. Not trying to be like virtuosos, but trying to be honest. Kind of what Kurt Cobain brought back with grunge. And Eddie Vedder continued. Um, this idea that you can have something less than perfect, um, more honest, more close to the heart. Uh, really, it's like Neil Young did this um, with Crazy Horse. And you go back and listen to the Ditch Trilogy, which is um, Time Fades Away on the beach, and tonight's the night. Uh, Neil had the story where, you know, after he had done Harvest, that, you know, that he felt like he wanted to go to the ditch because he kind of got sick of that pitch-perfect Nashville sound, and he wanted to kind of break it up and do something that actually is the godfather of grunge and punk. Uh, He created this kind of loose, honest, not-hitting-every-right-note to get the feel of a moment, you listen to tonight's tonight. He's uh, lamenting the death of a friend from drug abuse. He's talking about broken relationships. He's talking about abuse. He's talking about you know, in um, on the beach, the vampire of uh, greed in the oil industry and Hollywood and, and Manson. It's got all these colliding images, uh, and then time fades away. It's just kind of a ramshackle live uh recorded album with all the tracks being new tracks that were live recorded when they were really in a rough state and we like that kind of feel for our music we're big fans of the velvet underground you know the second album white light white heat which is kind of falling apart big fans of a uh, alex chilton and chris bell's big star fan favorite for us is uh, big stars third there's a lot in common with um Tonight's the night in the Ditch trilogy. It's the sound of of the band falling apart. Chris Bell's not there anymore. He's kind of in the in the in the far off distance, inspiring the style of the band. Um, but it's it's basically again like drug abuse, lamenting uh, commercial failure in the market, and uh, just being as creative as possible without being totally self destructive. Uh, you, you can kind of see where you go if you get a little too far down that road with um like flies on, on Sherbert, which is still a great album. But, you know, you think about the damage it did to Alex's mind state. You know, Maybe it's not so good to be in that place. But those are kind of albums to me are defining moments and being an honest songwriter. We think guys like Paul Westerberg, he picked up on that. He's a big lover of Alex Chilton. He actually has name checks Chilton. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, not go far without a little Big Star. Um, even Counting Crows talked about Big Star. Uh, so it's kind of like the Vel- Big Star are the 70s Velvet Underground to a lot of bands. bands uh the, in The grunge movement, uh, bands like Smash the Pumpkins, uh, a lot of, a lot of The grunge-oriented bands or bands that are in the alternative indie style. Name check, The Velvets, and Big Star, Alex Chilton and Chris Bell. So I would advise you to go check out Chris Bell's I Am The Cosmos, which is a great solo record. We never got to hear anything more from him other than uh, You and Your Sister, which he did with Alex when they had a small little reunion of Big Star, like the real Big Star. And then there was an additional reunion that happened after, but it was actually guys from another band weren't the original members. Um, so we, we were really into this punk aesthetic in our electronic music, kind of a Trent Reznor vibe. We actually got name-checked um, for our song, our single, Disconnected Youth, which is out on all the streaming services. It was reviewed on a PR World, well, not PR World, uh, on a music uh, blog, and uh, it, we were name-checked to Nine Inch Nails, uh, so that's kind of what, where, where we appreciated that review. We felt that they they re- really understood what we were doing, because a lot of what we do with our mugs is trying to replicate the sonic dissonance of a, a punk aesthetic uh, with electronic music. So it gets a kind of a death metal, grunge, punker style, but we're also deep, deep fans of Joy Division, New Order. We've been going deep, deep into New Order. Uh, We got into the Perfect Kiss, the Jonathan Dem live video, which is an alternate track version of the track. We advise all fans of New Wave to check that video out, along with Joy Division's Love Will Tear Us Apart, which is, like, one of the greatest songs ever done, and kind of introduces the world to the the new um, wave, new romantic aesthetic, that bands like Depeche Mode and The Cure continued. You know, Echo and the Bunnymen, they continued that sound. And it kind of starts with Joy Division, with the song uh, Level Terrors Apart, there's the first kind of, kind of synth, pop, bass, heavy thing. And even the Perfect Kiss, what's cool about that song, again, is how much the bass uh, plays to the melody of that song. It's a combination of like uh, sequenced synthesizer and um, drum machine plus a, a lead bass, um, rhythmic bass lead track with a guitar just is more of a flourish than, the, than you know, you know kind of a funk flourish in some sections. But it's, it's kind of the heart of new wave. Some people think it's all these big pads coming from Oberheims and coming from Prophet 5s and Jupiter 8s, but it's actually a lot of, interplay between the bass guitar and the drum machines and kind of a funk uh chic uh um you know kind of goes back to funkadelic and chic and earth wind and fire taking that kind of taking funk and disco groove guitar lines and integrating them into this new wave kind of craft work uh nihilism (laughs) that later prince took that and made it more funky you know, he kind of took the industrial nature of craft work and gave, gave, gave it a little soul. Uh, and what you have with new wave bands is kind of like uh, the divergence between being industrial and kind of robotic and then adding funk. And the funk comes in from the bass and the and the kind of staccato guitar chord choices that are rather funky. And a lot of new wave songs from Duran Duran to Duresh Moe, Castillo, you can kind of hear this funk integrated you know the African American influence into kind of a stark electronic um, dissonance or, or something that's like less less warm um and that's probably what caused the end of the new wave is maybe too much of the corporate use of the sense and maybe that change from the the analog polysense to the digital polysense of the d50 and the dx7 the, 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 the with the fm synthesis and then the linear synthesis of a d50 uh, i prefer the sound of a of a Prophet five and the jupiter and an oberheim even a memory moog or a polymog on the song cars it would be cool if Moog brought back the polymog because the polymog was interesting about that he used organ technology which is called divide down which gives you like full polyphony so the polymog was really interesting is it basically is like an organ that had oscillators and so it had divide down technology where it could do full polyphony and then they had oscillators and filters and envelope generators so you could actually manipulate you know square and triangle waves and create tones but they had full polyphony without being a memory mode and it wasn't as tech heavy didn't have to have as much circuitry but is a very interesting sound and, you know cars that song you can hear um gary newman that he was able to use that that sound he actually used the poly Moog. that had less capability the first version had more capability one he had was using a preset but that that sent to me needs to get brought back um because it had something about it having that kind of Hammond organ divide down tech uh, i would appreciate that scent a lot we see korg has re released. A faithful reproduction of one of their old mono scents. People are wondering, you want to spend two thousand dollars for a cent that doesn't have a lot of capability. But then, what they've also done is a twenty five hundred, um, wait, a twenty six hundred M, which gives us um, the three thousand dollar twenty six hundred in a more mobile uh, version. That, to me, from what I've heard, it sounds more like a twenty six hundred. In the Behringer version, I've heard, and a lot of people, I don't know what, what what they're thinking, but it doesn't really sound like like an ARP 2600 to me. It's something else. It has the controls of a 2600, but it doesn't sound like a 2600. In every video I've listened to, it does not sound like it. Uh, so I don't know if I'd buy that. Um, I think the Korg is, is doing a better job replicating the oscillators and the workflow. And the fact that, you know, the real spring reverb, so, and the keyboard, people were saying the 26M doesn't have a keyboard, it does. Um, so I think the 2600M is a good choice, but the problem is, like I said, I'm kind of more into a poly synth right now. So if I'm going to spend like $1,500, I'm probably going to go more toward a Phantom, or I'm going to go more toward a, um, a actual, the synth I really am lusting after is, is a Prophet 10. Uh, I think a Profit 10, I might bite the bullet because I can still use the, my current workflow and get the Profit 10. They get the full poly synth sound, so I can really get into that kind of New Order sound. What um, or a Joint Division sound. More maybe a New Order sound because Joint Division never really use pads. Um, new Order use the pads. So, but then again, we always talk about the phantom. And we're family like the ghosts, But the Roland Phantom 7 is our kind of preferred choice. And it is a um, song creation monster. And a lot of people who want to come down on Roland, I mean, a lot of the ghost you've been listening to since 2600, a lot of what we do comes out of a Juno. And it's really how you use those sounds and how you manipulate them and how you put effects on them and how, what choices you make. And some people, they go and they say, oh, the Junos are boring. It kind of depends on are you boring as a as a musician because you could take a Casio and I had a CC one hundred and one and I have um, another synth um, they call a CTK six eleven and it kind of like what Jack White did you can take a hundred dollar Sears guitar and make it sound awesome if you can play it so it's really not not the instrument it's it's the player. And so some of these gear uh, snobs uh, get into it. And I know when it comes to like Behringer, I do. I'm a little bit of a snob because I don't like things that break. And I don't like things that don't actually sound like what they're supposed to sound like. Or things that get out of tune super fast. You know, I've had my MOGs, my Mother 32, my DFAM, my grandmother. My Mother 32 I have had the longest. And the thing has never drifted out of tune in the way I can hear some of the Behringer modules do. Um, so quality has something to do with it when you buy something. And I would suggest before you buy a bunch of Behringer stuff, look at a mother 32, look at a DFAM, look at a Subharmonicon. In my opinion, the investment in all three of those cents will, will bear better fruit than anything you can get out of Behringer. And that's just my opinion. And I know Behringer boys are going to get pissed, but that's, that's my opinion. And then again, if you took that money and bought a, um, a, uh, matriarch, I think that would be a better, better use of your money. Uh, cause you're going to get way more out of a sound design machine. That's actually going to give you bear a lot of fruit, um, between a sequencer, the real analog delay, all the your modulation points, the you know, over a hundred modulation points, um, and just the power. Of the of the um, of, of the CP3 mixer and the power of four Moog oscillators and and on the LFO that can be used as an oscillator, I just think you got a machine. There's really um, one of the best synthesizers to come out in the last ten years, in my opinion. If you were going to try to get like an analog synth that's going to really carry you, uh, the paraphonic nature of a, of a of a matriarch allows you to do some kind of, profit five like stuff um for less money than a proper five, and you, you can you can basically get it to a five voice version if you turn an LFO into a fifth oscillator. So basically, you get a five voice paraphonic synth. Now it doesn't have all the capabilities of the five because paraphonic, and there's a difference, but you'll be able to do five finger chords and. Um, that means you could do an octave and a three finger run just like a proper five. And you've got a full analog path synth, uh, with, with a digital analog, um, effect. Um, and then if you have luckily have a grandmother, you can have a spring reverb. Um, so use those two synths combined and you, could you, you know, you could bring in the three oscillate, two oscillators of, um, of the grandmother. And then on top of the, Matrix, suddenly you have a six oscillator synth with two two big 2F telephones, and um, you could do a lot. There's a lot you can do in that universe of that capability. Um, and just the rock solid nature of Moog, I've never had any problems with my Moog. Knock on wood, they've been dead reliable, as dead reliable as my Roland's. And I'm not sponsored by Roland or Moog. You know, I do have one Behringer product. I have an amp, which is pretty good. Um, so I, would, I am interested in their VC3 because it looks like that looks more like a a, a really good, accurate representation of, of a VC3. Um, and so that interests me because the, the VC3 is a very unique machine. But I am kind of disappointed in that there's a company that I think legitimately bought the... Um, the rights to, to re- reproduce it. I don't know how, what their heritage is, what the lineage is, but I know they're probably charging a lot more than what Behringer's gonna charge. And that is kind of like the bottom line today. There's a lot of people are in the budget synth market. Um, and so they try to get the budget um, capabilities, but you know, you get what you pay for. So I'll leave that alone. Again, uh, when it comes to talking about money, please uh, become a supporter of the podcast. Uh, 99 cents per month, $12 a year through Anchor FM or one-time donation through PayPal Me. Again, go out to your favorite artist on SoundCloud. A lot of us have the COVID-19 support buttons. You can do the PayPal Me donation to your favorite band the same way you do donations to your favorite YouTuber. Also on Spotify, there's the ability to support your favorite band you can go and hit the support link from COVID-19 support link. Remember, musicians have been hit really hard. We make most of our money through live performance and we're not able to do live performance. So artists like us, myself, do podcasts, interview other artists, collaborate with other artists. If you want to support us, please think about becoming a supporter of the podcast. We'll appreciate it. Again, we've talked about send some goodies we have a poetry book we can get in touch with you if you become a supporter um you know give us your your username through a voice memo um your name for your direct message on instagram and we'll get in touch with you if you become a supporter tell us like what your name was when you supported us on anchor fm your anchor fm username and then um your direct message on instagram and we have a book called cancer that we self-published Forty copies of this left and we will do a signed copy anybody that anybody does the ten dollar annual subscription for more than one month. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Family Like a Ghost, and we'll talk to you later.
1: The capstone of oh my love. Me, the Capstone of my love. You're not even close to that kind of love. The captain of my love. Yeah, double duty it never enough. It's the of my love. Froggy I don't need to my love <laughs> no baggage You couldn't even get enough Capstone of my love <laughs> Don't you know you not close to that trust I are not even close to that kind of love The double's never enough I know you're banging, banging, i banging, not banging, 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 Thank <laughs> Of have face, try your luck Like never getting in touch Never give Don't press your luck. <laughs> Ooh! You're better. You're better off! Copping some
2: drugs, you're get you you're a drug, Don't dress luck, mister Thank <laughs> you. to Let's go. is <laughs> this not this is this is 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 this is this is is this is what is is you you this is what you want You, 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 you this is you want, type A, the restaurant, on the table, on the floor, on the bar behind a green door, just another, you'll here with your whore. Me, I'mushi so clean. Cool. went to will be for more? <laughs> 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 Oh, what do you want? What do you want what You want what you want That's Are green green, green you just got media? Oh, 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 oh,